0: Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. Because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Céline Rémy.
1: All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 35, and it's titled, What to Do If Your Partner Wants Less Sex Than You. And uh, this is... before I even get into this, I would just like to celebrate that this morning, which is uh, not typical on a weekday morning, we had sex this morning.
0: <laughs> Woo-hoo. So we are pumped up and ready to go. <laughs> That's
1: right. <laughs> it's typical for us to have sex during a weekday, just not generally right First thing in the morning because you got routines and work Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, and it's kind of hard to squeeze it in, especially when you like to have long level of making like we do.
0: It wasn't hard to squeeze it in today. (laughs) It was hard and easy to squeeze it in. That's right.
1: (laughs) So I'm starting today's episode with that celebration. (laughs)
0: Thank you, Kevin.
1: So let's let's talk about our topic, because this is something that we hear about a lot. We Mm -hmm. hear about Um, from people that we work with, um, from friends, you know, we often see these instances where there's a mismatch in sex drive, Mm -hmm. where one person wants sex more than the other. Mm -hmm. And so when thinking about this episode, the very first thing that came to my mind was, I want to know what the stats are as far as who wants sex more. Is it Mm -hmm. women that want sex more or is it men that want sex more?
0: Mm -hmm. So we started to look around and went on the internet and we came across this very interesting study. Yeah,
1: but before we even get to that study, though, what I thought was really amazing, and I don't mean to interrupt, but what I thought was really amazing is that it actually wasn't that easy mm-hmm. to find information. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we read a lot of articles in preparation for this episode <laughs> and, and I was really amazed that I actually couldn't find any hard stats about who wants sex more. Mm -hmm. The the best that we came up with is a study you're going to tell us about right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And so that study was uh, done in 2009. So it's already been 10 years. And it was published in the Archives of Sexual Behavior. What we loved about that study is that it uh, involved over 200,000 adults from 53 nations. So it's really broad. And what the study concluded is that men have a higher sex drive on average, um, higher than women, and that this is a large effect that is consistent across cultures. Now, interestingly, however, the study also found that there is more variability in women's sex drive compared to men. Ooh, so surprising. Um, This tells us that there are indeed going to be a lot of women who have high sex drives that are higher than a lot of men. But on average, though, what it means is that there's a sizable difference in sex drives such as that men tend to be higher than women. But again, there's not really like... It's not a generality. You'll find people all over the spectrum.
1: Yeah, so let's break that down a little bit. What they're telling you is that when they average it out on average, men seem to report having a higher sex drive. Mm -hmm. But the only reason what the study is saying, the only reason for that is because there's more variability in women, meaning that in any given sample of women, you're going to have some that are really low and some that are really high and then a whole bunch of degrees in between, Mm -hmm. whereas with the men, it tended to be a little bit more consistent. Yeah. Strange.
0: That sounds just weird. What we
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's all they're really saying. So mm-hmm. if you take the averages sort of out of it, what you'll realize, and this is what the study was saying also, is that there's a ton of women who have higher sex drives than men. Mm-hmm. And so when we were prepping for this episode, one of the things that I said to Celine, I said, I'm pretty sure I remember that you've worked with quite a few women who've had this, where they've had mm-hmm. higher sex drives than the women. So I'm wondering if you could... Than the men. Uh, So sorry than the men. Yes, Mm -hmm. thank you. I'm wondering if you could just tell some stories to our audience about what you've experienced with the clients you've worked with.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So one of the things that I do see happening, a lot of the couples that come and see me, oftentimes she wants sex more than he does. And they're kind of stuck in this dynamic where... Women are doing a lot of things nowadays, and they're juggling everything, like from family, careers, and love life, and I mean, you know, like, and and sometimes that makes them stuck into more of a masculine mode. And that masculine mode, when it comes to the bedroom, is not sexy. If the guy is an heterosexual man, he likes women, he doesn't like men. Therefore, men-like behaviors are not going to turn him on. And quite the opposite. Some of the very masculine behavior that she exhibits can also literally emasculate him, like castrate him. And on, I mean, it's 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 not physical, but <laughs> emotionally, <laughs> it does happen. And so those people, those couples, are stuck in a dynamic where he's not feeling supported as a man. He's not being like. Um, seen and and really finding his place as a man, she's stuck in like, I've got to do everything and I even have to initiate sex and I'm so tired. And so he's not stepping it up. And so they both feel somewhat bitter and, and very uncomfortable with their sex life because then the sex life is not fulfilling. Nobody has a good role where they feel that it's supportive of their nature. And so oftentimes that's the type of couples that I work with where she's like, I really want sex. This is why we're here so that, well, finally he can, you know, last longer to satisfy me, get it up or like just really be more masculine and so oftentimes their strategies to get there are not the right strategies and that's why I really tell them like yes it's a good thing you're working with me because I'm going to have you like put the right habits into place to have like long-term results Um, but once you start to rebalance that polarity that energy that dynamic suddenly Everybody's sex drive is starting to come higher, and like everything seems to work better.
1: <laughs> well, I would guess, and I don't know if this is 100% true, but I would guess that when couples come to see you and work with you, I would guess that it's probably primarily the woman driving the couple to seek help. Mm. And and I don't know that this is totally true, but I I know that when it comes to sexual dysfunction, I'm pretty sure that if the woman feels there's a problem, Mm -hmm. she's probably, it's kind of like guys not wanting to ask for directions Mm -hmm. or, or, or read the instruction manual of that Ikea furniture. They're like, (laughs) ah, fuck that. I don't need these instructions. (laughs) I know what I'm doing, right? Like, I I think that maybe guys might be a little less inclined to seek professional help in those areas because they think they can solve it themselves. So I'm just bringing that up because Mm -hmm. it's possible that the people that come to see you um, are the women who are in that more masculine mode. They're more driven, Mm -hmm. like, okay, we're going to figure this out. We're going to solve it. You know, they they get in their sort of masculine Mm problem-solving mode. But having said that, because there are so many of them coming to see you, it is extremely obvious that this myth that it's always the men that want more sex than the women simply isn't true
0: absolutely and and i also want to say that i also have quite a bit of clients where he's the one like okay he sees that she's got um shames or shame or issues something really holding her back and he wants to satisfy her so that that's a different approach like he if he reaches out for support it's because he knows that she's not satisfied in the bedroom and he wants her happy Mm -hmm. and uh that's why he's seeking help and it's like she's might be a little shy and like as the guy i'm showing her where to go and so that happens um but yes i've seen it all and i've been in both relationship for me where um I consider myself having a high sex drive and I've had most of the time my partners had lower sex drive than me. Mm-hmm.
1: I would say in, in my case, I don't know about averages, I'd like to say <laughs> most or not, but I would say in, in my case, most of the people that I've been in relationship with have had pretty similar sex drives to me. Maybe when I was really young, you know, like, I don't know, 20-ish, maybe that wasn't the case. But certainly as I was older, I started to notice that the majority of partners I had uh, were closer to my level. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what I find interesting about that is just that, you know, if if I'm interested in somebody because sex is something that's important to me, I, I put it high up on the list, mm-hmm. right? So as I'm getting to know somebody, it's a pretty high uh thing on the list. Like requirement. Whereas, yeah, requirement. <laughs> thank you. That's the word I was looking for. It's a pretty high requirement, right? So if, if that's that's not there from the beginning, then it's pretty unlikely that we would even have a relationship.
0: Yeah, that you would not be a match. So one of the things that we realize is that women, uh, sex drives are more influenced by social and cultural factors. And so we've got a lot more that we want to share around like women's sex drive and I can't wait to dive into that but I kind of want to leave it at that so it seems like men are more stable there's this like constant of their sex drive women are more influenced by things and people and culture around them which makes their sex drive fluctuates so what I loved about what Kevin just shared was he's like, okay, I know like that I'm pretty sexual, so when I am getting into a relationship, then I want to make sure that we match. And we, um, what we call this, like, what's your sex number? Mm-hmm. So where are you basically on one to ten? So like, where would you put yourself, Kevin?
1: <laughs> where would I put
0: myself?
1: Oh, <laughs> that's, that's a, a trick
0: question. That's a good question.
1: <laughs> on on a scale of one to ten, huh? Well, so I have an idea in my head of where I think I fit. But then if I, if I try to compare that to like the average world out there, the average person, Uh I've realized they might be two different scales. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like on my scale of what's considered like, you know, wants sex a lot, Uh I'd probably put myself more like an eight,
0: Uh
1: you know? But when I realize how much sex you and I have compared to the rest of the world, I'm I'm pretty sure that I'm a 10 on most people's scale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not a 10 on my own scale.
0: <laughs> That's funny. I was going to put you at an eight. And, yeah. and we didn't prep at all for this question. It just came up like this. And I'm like, oh, I would give you an eight. Um, and I think I would put myself at a nine.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're a little younger than I am. <laughs> well, I laugh and I make that joke, but the reality is, is that if you had asked me that question 10 years ago or 20 years ago, it would have been a very different answer.
0: Huh. Curious. So if you're listening, like, think about that. What's your sex number? Know where you are at, because ultimately, you know, if you're an eight, nine, you are 8 9 you can not pair up with somebody who's a two. You're never going to be satisfied if you are in a monogamous relationship with that person.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and knowing your sex number isn't just for when you're looking for a partner. Mm-hmm. So basically what we're doing now is we're talking about what do you do mm-hmm. if you're in a situation where your partner has a very different number than you do. So, the first thing is to know what the numbers are, yeah, right? So like you know if you're if you're if you consider yourself a nine and I'm an eight, like that's pretty damn close. of course, right like yeah, that's a, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, if I had to choose. Like, would if there's going to be a mismatch, would I want my woman to be higher or lower than me? I would always want it to be higher. I would always rather be uh, in a problem of abundance than a problem of lack. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, great. I mean, if you want to boost it up to a 10, go for it.
0: <laughs> it really depends. And we'll talk more about that. Sometimes I can be in 10, but there are circumstances that make yes, it be a certain yes. number.
1: So so the point is is that knowing your number is important obviously, if you're looking for a relationship because you want to try to find somebody Mm -hmm. that matches your number. But it's also important if you're in a relationship, because what you do about the mismatch will have to do with how far apart you are in that mismatch.
0: Yes. So our episode is what you do when your partner wants less sex. So that's assuming that you're the one who has a higher sex drive. Now the question here too, so now you know your number, you figured out where you are. Hopefully you know your partner's number too. But is it really what you are after? Is it sex or are you trying to meet another need through sex?
1: This is a big point. So know what your number is, but what's behind that number? What is it that you're really seeking? Because it may be that you really just want the physical sex, Mm -hmm. but it may be that what you're really craving is simply connection.
0: Absolutely. Of Which can be touch. met in many other ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think this brings down again to our communication piece where you got to talk about your sexual needs and create a menu of activities where you can, you know, with things you can engage in, whether it's a solo activity or partner activity. So having that discussion. So now you're clear on your number. You notice that maybe you are not exactly a good match or there's someone that's way higher, way lower. Now trying to figure out, okay, I'm trying to get my physical needs met. Or I'm just trying to have intimacy. Intimacy that could be met through hugging, through kissing, through a light massage, through... Cuddling. Cuddling, exactly. Through laying down on the floor like we did last night in our room and laughing like crazies. That's
1: right. <laughs> Sharing appreciations for each other. Yes. There's so many ways that you can really get that need for connection met that don't involve physical sex.
0: Mm-hmm. And so if you are higher, then have that discussion, then you got to get your needs met, right? And so one thing that's really, really important, if by the way, you're the one that's lower here, you, you cannot blame or shame your partner into wanting sex. Whatever you want is, is just perfect. Whatever your partner wants is perfect. We can't blame them or shame them for that.
1: Yeah, that's a huge piece mm-hmm. because this is actually where it usually ends up going. Mm-hmm. In in most couples, it's why won't you this or you that or you, 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 uh-huh. right? And that is the worst place you can go. And what always amazes me is when, when we work with clients and we hear stuff like that, it's like, wow, talk about doing The thing that will bring about the exact opposite of the result that you're looking for yeah right so i mean any guy that's listening if you've ever tried this approach you you hopefully saw just how horribly it works right if you start saying well you never want sex and you don't do this and you don't do that does has that ever worked has that ever gotten you more sex no, of course not.
0: And by the way, same for you ladies listening. If you ever go to your partner and go like, hey, you're not kissing me. You're not romantic enough anymore. And you don't give me flowers. And you don't even initiate sex. I always have to do it. You should do it more. And make make like, make like sure I know you want me.
1: You, you just did, I think, all of the four C's in one shot.
0: Things not to do. Yes. Yes. So... You want to be able to support your partner in getting their needs met and their wants met. And so one of the things that that I love is to be able to become creative. And now that you're able to have a communication and you're defining what does sex look like, you know, where are the boundaries, you know, what what do I consider sexual, what is not. um, And like, let's say masturbation is a, a sexual act. And I think masturbation has a wonderful place if you are in a monogamous relationship and your partner does not want to have sex at that point. You can take care of yourself.
1: Maybe they'd like to watch.
0: And that's the scenario I was gonna say. So let's say you're in that communication and then and the person's like, I don't want to, I don't want to have sex, you know, I'm not in the mood for it. But how about I kiss you and gently stroke your body as you masturbate? Yeah hey, that could fulfill that need for that connection and intimacy and have that sexuality part. And for the one who doesn't want sex, it might be like, oh, great, I'm off the hook, but I'm still supporting my lover in getting their needs met. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I like that one. It's a beautiful Mm -hmm. scenario. And one thing too that I found is really cool is that oftentimes is. When you're not in the mood and you see your partner getting like sexy, masturbating and touching themselves, I find it really hard not to get excited. (laughs) I go like, well, now that you put it this way... Move that hand, Kevin. <laughs> we still have 10 more minutes of our show.
1: <laughs> Let's hurry up and get this over with. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I, I would like to add uh, one or two things that mm-hmm. aren't on the list. Something I, w- I was thinking about after we prepped for the show, which is that you know if you're a guy and you're listening and you don't feel a strong desire for sex... We do know that testosterone is one of the things that is the primary drivers mm-hmm. of, you know, sexual desire. So it could possibly be that you simply have an imbalance of the hormones in your body. So, you know, simple things like working out, mm-hmm. doing strength training. Mm-hmm. Um there's, and there's lots of different
0: clearing your diet uh, like removing like junk food uh, sugar and and including more like v-
1: getting rid of live food. <laughs> yeah, and getting rid of all of those um processed. Well the processed foods but the um uh the, what are the fake estrogens? There's a word for that. I'm drawing a blank. See, this is because I didn't oh, prepare this. The
0: pseudoestrogen. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So, so the estrogen-like substances, the things that mimic estrogen, mm-hmm. that are in a lot of uh, foods, a lot of soy-based foods, processed foods, beer, um, beer. <laughs> Uh, Even the linings of cans, you know, all of the the BPAs and all those things that can mimic the estrogens, which can actually lower your testosterone level. So the focus of this episode isn't so much on the health and nutrition part because we could do many episodes (laughs) on each one of those pieces. But just I wanted to kind of make the point to men out there that if you're not feeling a strong desire for sex, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that there's something physically wrong with you, but it's an area that you can look at. Because most young, healthy, vibrant men, and by young, I don't necessarily mean 20, you know, it could be 40, 50, even 60. But if you're, you're, you know, vibrant and healthy, Mm -hmm. you should have some desire for sex. So if you're not, it's an area to look at.
0: Mm hmm. Yes, absolutely. And if you want help with that, our course, Power Up Your Erections, we cover all of these different things in there, uh, changes and... Yep, and we even have some
1: workout programs in Mm -hmm. there, some really simple, basic ones that don't require gym memberships. They don't require a bunch (laughs) of equipment. All they require is for you to show up.
0: Exactly. So you can check those out at powerandmastery.com. So I I really want to get into that, that piece around arousal and um, so what to do is okay first you want to make sure that you schedule sex okay so sex needs to be in your schedule and needs to be something you do and now when you schedule sex you're not always going to want sex Okay, there's this myth out there. So, Master and Johnson's in, I think it was in the 50s, had created this, um, this sexual response model where they were like, okay, there's desire, I want to have sex, arousal, mm, I'm getting turned on, then there's that plateau, I'm like, mm, I'm lingering into that heightened state of pleasure and arousal and then oh, orgasm, and that's kind of the, um, the four faces that they've created. And something that they have started to realize in later studies um, is that most people, and especially women, they don't really find themselves in that place of like, spontaneous desires to have sex and, like, can't wait to take their partner's clothes off, right? I'm so aroused, I must do you. It does happen, but it's not always the everyday norm, right? Um, And so there's a newer school of thought that proposes that we actually might have it backward, this model, and that at least as far as women are concerned, okay? So some sex researchers now believe that this arousal-first mode of desire is is more typical for women so that means that we feel aroused but we don't feel the desire
1: that's this morning
0: that's this morning i actually said that to kevin and he was like oh let's have sex we just finished our morning meditation and actually last friday i climbed on top of him after meditation as a surprise oh, and yeah he, and he was like i just had a flash in my mind of a rerun of a of friday and i was like well, I did too. And I was like, let's do it. And I'm like, oh, but we don't really have time and stuff. And I'm like, and then I said, I don't think I'm ready. I don't think I'm, I'm open for it. Like, see, I don't think mm-hmm. my body is. And it's like, well, let's check this out. He's like, so I'm like I'm pulling down my pants.
1: Now, see, I know, I know my wife here. Right? So, so I know that when she says, well, I don't think I'm ready, she's always ready. <laughs> so I said, well, let's just see. Let's find out. And sure enough, she was indeed ready. So what, what I think is so great about that well, it's great because we had sex, but <laughs> <laughs> but what I think is so great about the fact that that happened this morning, and now here we are recording a podcast episode, is that it's such a perfect example of exactly what we found in the research, mm-hmm. which was that you were already aroused, mm-hmm. but in your mind, you didn't necessarily have the desire. Correct. Now, why this is important to know is because if your partner wants less sex than you do, you have to understand how this cycle works, because how you address it's going to be different. Mm -hmm. So if they have the desire, but they're not turned on, you might do one set of actions. Mm -hmm. And if they're turned on, but But don't have the desire, desire, you would do a different set of actions.
0: Yes. And that's really some of the things that I work with, with clients. And I'm glad you mentioned that because you're like, okay, what can you do? And what what you do when the person is aroused but not feeling the desire, you actually need to help them to get into their bodies. And so focusing on physical sensations, because then you start to notice that the body is indeed aroused and then the mind can believe it because you start to see that when you focus on your physical sensations. And also having a regular practice of meditation, aka mindfulness, where you teach your mind to uh, slow down, to turn off at times. Because as for us women we are um we have diffuse awareness so we can do multitasking and it can really get in the way and we have all these thoughts we have these thoughts from like uh the the dishes that we didn't do the the body that has maybe extra cellulite or or that we didn't i don't know we didn't exercise or maybe assumptions about the partner's expectations and like and what that does is it, it, it's all in the way, it gets in the way of our desire because we focus on these things. And so if you can understand that maybe you are reversed, maybe you're not following this traditional of desire, arousal, plateau, orgasm, you might be arousal and then desire comes in and then you can enjoy the arousal and then have an orgasm, then it doesn't matter whether or not you are in the mood, you create the mood.
1: Yeah. And that's a huge thing that we teach our clients and throughout our courses is that you don't have to be in the mood to have sex. Mm -hmm. You can create the mood.
0: Yeah. Because if you are in a relationship, you've made an agreement to, um, to be there for one another. And now that we're talking about this, I think it's, well, one thing too, I want to say stress, I want to really say, like, remember, we talk about this a lot in other episodes, but stress is the biggest libido killer. And Kevin likes to say stress is a boner killer.
1: That's right. I've called it the boner killer. The
0: boner killer. And, um... You gotta do things that reduce your stress level. If you're both at a place, and I know that when we allow ourselves to get too stressed out, where we we do too many, too much work, too many things, both of our libido goes lower, and we're like, okay, what can we do? Let's go spend time in nature. Let's give each other massages. Let's let's go out and do I don't know, play mini golf, like do something fun, creative, different that helps to lower the stress level, and that makes a big difference.
1: Yeah, that that's a huge one. I noticed for me personally that that's really a big one. Mm-hmm. Is that that when I'm working too hard and I'm too stressed about either how many things I have to get done or whatever it is, mm-hmm. I definitely find that I'm less turned on and I'm less pursuing sex. Yeah. Now for me, that doesn't mean that I am i won't have sex. So in those moments, sometimes you're the one that will pursue and then yes. it doesn't take much and it'll yeah. get me going. But I'll find that I'll tend to pursue less yes. when I'm really stressed.
0: Absolutely.
1: And when and then you know the weekend will come and I have a couple of days off and I'll get rested up and I'll start to feel energized again and then all of a sudden I'm chasing you around the house. <laughs> I
0: know. Boy, do I love Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> so um, back to our the relationship piece. I think it's really important. Is first of all like you might want to see like is monogamy really for you.
1: Yeah, this is a big one. So uh, if you've tried everything, all those other things that we just talked about and um, there are others that we could add to mm-hmm. it too and you just can't, you can't come to a compromise. You can't seem to get your numbers anywhere near each other. I mean, there are extreme cases where one partner literally has a zero mm-hmm. on the scale of one to 10. It's mm-hmm. pretty hard to get a zero anywhere close to an eight or a nine if mm-hmm. that's where you are, you know. Um, so that's an area where it's, perfectly okay to reconsider whether or not monogamy is the right thing for you
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and so we have episodes on on threesomes we have uh, we'll make an episode on how to open up your relationship Um, and so just stay tuned for more but reconsider and see how it's something you want to talk about with your partner, what are the rules and all of that? I mean, it's going to take too long right now to explain that. But but
1: just to let people know, this is a perfectly viable solution Ah, because if you're still in love and you have, you know, like we've known couples, they have, uh, you know, a house together, they have kids together, they have Mm -hmm. businesses together, and they've got all of this stuff and they still love and care for each other, but they just don't have sex and they don't really have a desire to have sex with each other and when you have a situation like that it's okay you know you got to create the structure around Mm -hmm. it but it's okay then to say hey you know what you have this need there's this one need that i just can't meet for you exactly so here's how we can have that be met yeah lots of ways to do it we've talked about in previous episodes maybe we'll even do another one
0: i'd love that and then honestly rethink whether or not you're in the right relationship
1: Okay. So yeah, this is this is, this is last on the list for a reason, right? Because we love love and, and we, we really hope that people can find ways to make it work no matter what the mm-hmm. circumstance is. But at the end of the day, if you've done everything that you can do, you've tried it all and there's just no compromise and they're not willing to allow you to have your needs met elsewhere and there's just no way that you can solve this problem, then you might want to consider whether or not this is the right relationship for you
0: yeah and this is not a decision you take lightly this is not something you do uh you just had babies together and then hey it's normal you might not have access to your wife for two years after a baby and like all of these things there's life there's cycles it's cyclical like you don't make those decision oh it's just been two months like this so now i'm out Okay, we're not telling you to take a hasty decision. These are things that you have talked about and you have to put everything into place. Like You have to look into scheduling your sex day, talking about your sexual needs, creating sexual menus, knowing what you want, asking for what you want, becoming more creative, understanding that, hey, maybe you don't feel like it, but do it and create being in the mood. And then go to the other solutions and be like, okay, maybe open up the relationship or if it's not possible, then be like, okay, this might not be the right relationship.
1: Yeah. Well, there you have it, everybody. We've given you a lot of tools and a lot of suggestions. We know this is a common problem. So hopefully this will help some people out there listening and, uh, you know, give us your feedback. Um, Go to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you found us and give us a rating, give us some feedback, send us a message and let us know how this podcast has affected your life. Tell us that you had sex last night. We would love to hear that. (laughs) All right, everybody, we will uh, talk to you next week.